0: How's it going, Matt? It's going great. How are you? Good. Uh, This is another edition of Agony of Defeat. I'm Jonathan Weiler in Global Studies at UNC Chapel Hill.
1: And I am Matt Andrews. I teach in the Department of History at UNC Chapel Hill.
0: And today, we're going to be talking about the just-concluded Super Bowl 53. Oh, what a game it was. So it's very easy for me to know what number each Super Bowl is, because I'm always the same age as the Super
1: Bowl. Oh, excellent. So okay, that's- that, it's helpful.
0: Congratulations. Especially when you get to be my age.
1: Yeah, that's right. So you are L-I-I-I. I- I. That's right, that, exactly. It, do you express your age in <laughs> Roman I numerals? I should start, to, well, next
0: year when yeah. it's L-I-V. I think okay. I'm definitely going to do start that. Start that. Right, I'll just good. call myself Liv. All right, I yeah. like it. Um, all right, so we have a few things we want to talk about today. We're going to be, of course, focusing on the current Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, we'll do a little uh, recap
0: of, of the game. Such as it was. Such as it was, sure. And then we'll talk about uh, Super Bowls past and what we consider to be the most historically significant and interesting Super Bowls. Yeah,
1: maybe just some of the best games. I mean, let's we got to get the, the awful taste of this recent one out that, of our, that, that's our right. mouth. Let, that's let's right. revisit some of the classics.
0: Yeah, and we do want to talk a little bit, too, toward the end about One of the really interesting developments in football nowadays, of course, everyone is so focused on the safety issues and the growing concern of parents with their kids playing football, Uh, but there's a clear racial cast to that. Yeah, we'll get to that as well. To that process, so we'll get get to that too. Yeah, So uh, we're going to
1: start with a rant, right? We are going to start with a rant. You're going to do it this time.
0: I'm going to do it this time. So Dan Crenshaw is the congressman from Texas who – uh, Where's an eye patch? He got a lot of attention in the fall because Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live made fun oh, of him with that guy. and then apologized, right. and now Congressman Crenshaw had a great sense of humor, came on Saturday Night Live, right. and everybody kissed him, made up. and it was, it was a nice moment in a polarized age. Okay. Uh, however, <laughs> on, <laughs> after the game on Sunday, Crenshaw tweeted the following: should someone propose a 70% tax on the Patriots so that NFL competition is more fair and equal? Asking for a front. So no, Crenshaw, again, of course, is a Republican, and he's trying to poke fun at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. He's the going newly, after AOC. He's yeah. going after AOC, the newly elected congressman from New York City, who has sort of put her name on uh, raising taxes on the richest Americans. 70 percent, the 70% tax rate is the tax rate of Matt's and my childhood, actually, um, and was the tax rate for mm-hmm. a long time. It's actually not abnormal. But in any event, what makes me so annoyed about this quote, Matt, yeah. is that Congressman Crenshaw seems to be displaying a total ignorance of how professional sports in the United States work.
1: There is a tax, so to speak, in <laughs> right. professional be, be, sports. Right, because,
0: in fact the major professional sports leagues major league baseball the nba the nfl are highly socialistic sure, yes, are. in their business model they share all of their national revenue equally i
1: think it was art modell the owner of the cleveland browns who once quipped were 28 republicans who vote socialist there you go yeah. right
0: so in the nfl in many ways is the most socialist of all the leagues yeah Um, Maybe NASCAR. Maybe NASCAR, NASCAR, but among the team sports, right? they have the hardest salary cap.
1: The only sports that matter.
0: The only sports that matter. (laughs) They have the hardest salary cap. They have the most equal distribution of national revenue. Uh, Like other sports, they have a reverse draft. So if the teams that perform worst get the highest pick in the, yeah. in the draft the next year. They make sure that the schedule favors the teams that did the most poorly the year before. That's right. In every They're engineering way. engineering equality. Equality and the meek shall inherit the earth <laughs> is the right. ethos of the NFL yeah. business model. Now, the truth is that it's likely that Dan Crenshaw knows better and is just playing, you know, another round of identity politics. The signaling, kids call that trolling. They call it trolling. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, he was rightfully pilloried for, if you take him at face value, his total ignorance. Yeah, of how one
1: thing doesn't have anything to do. Have with the anything game, right? to do with? He the game. sounds like a guy who
0: had money on the Rams. <laughs> That's right. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have
1: money on the Rams, but how about my prediction for the game?
0: Yeah, let's talk about for the that. game. Well, we
1: were playing cards the night before the game, and yep. I, was, um, I was pretty much—I had done my— For my
0: fun. M- we're strictly amateurs when we <laughs> yeah, play cards, right. no, by the way. Yep. No
1: money. Um, and I was pretty sure the Rams <laughs> were going to win. And I, What did I say? Win big? Yeah, you were very confident. I was very confident. I think I had the Rams by 17.
0: Well, you had them by 17, and then late in the evening— After I thought about it a little more. After you thought about it yeah. more, you said, actually, I think they're going to win by 27. And I asked you, what new data— <laughs> in the past hour, has led you to up the spread to twenty-seven points.
1: Well, I think I was—I'm actually half right, and <laughs> for my prediction. So, if I had, you know, wagered in Vegas, I'd get half my money back. Um, here was my, my my thought: I was pretty confident that Brady and the Patriots' offense were going to be able to do nothing against right. the Rams' okay. defense, and that was pretty much true. I was counting on the Rams doing just something, for crying out loud, 24 points, 21 points. I was thinking the score was going to be something like 21 to 3. Um, it wasn't.
0: All of the concerns about Jared Goff, the Rams starting quarterback, who was the number one overall pick three years ago, yeah, and got off to a very shaky start, but has played great the last two years but many thought was a product of the genius of his coach, Sean McVay. Right. All of the concerns about him seemed to bear out on Sunday It was as
1: if Jeff Fisher was coaching
0: the Super Bowl Uh, uh, for the the Rams.
1: uh, Actually, I don't blame Goff. He he couldn't do anything. He he couldn't couldn't. read the entire game. Why they weren't doing short dump-offs or draw plays, I'm not sure. Right,
0: and he did look like a deer in the headlights. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as did McVay. Uh, That's right. Who looked like a young man who was outcoached by a guy who's been around the block a few times. Right. So Bill
0: Belichick, who just won a sixth Super Bowl, is we must give it up to him—an absolute genius. I don't
1: see why anyone. I don't want to do it, but I don't see why anyone. Argues about this anymore? Right. Nine Super Bowls in seventeen 70, years. Yeah, yeah. Six right. Super Bowl victories. Close in the other three. In fact, just a couple of miracles. Right. Kept them from from winning here. Right. Giants guy. So you can probably talk about that in just a little bit. You know, you know me, I'm a San Francisco kid. I'm a 49er guy. I'm a Joe Montana guy. But how you can't say that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time and Belichick the greatest coach of all time Yeah, at this point is beyond me. Right.
0: I'm a New York sports fan. I don't root for Boston teams. But the debate is if it's not over, it's certainly not worth having. You
1: anymore. think Phil Sims is the greatest quarterback of all time? Well,
0: or Jeff Hostel, or or or, one or the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so I think most people agree that the game Sunday night, unless you're a Patriots fan, in which case it was awesome, was not the most compelling football. No, it's
1: got to be the worst Super Bowl of all time. Right. And I don't mean just because it's the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. It's got to be. Well, all right. A lot of people used to say that the worst Super Bowl of all time was when the Niners beat the Broncos 55 to 10. That's right. Yes. Actually, when they beat the Chargers, the score may have even been.
0: Well, it was 49-26. Yeah, but at least there was entertainment in that. Yes, Um, right. This game was
1: just three and out, three and out, over and over and over. Right. And after the incredible drama of the championship games, which were both great games and also you know, sort of Shakespearean-like tragedy if you're a a Saints fan, which we were still talking about at the day of the Super Bowl two weeks later. um, This game had absolutely nothing going for it.
0: So just thinking back, when we were younger, Matt, the norm was that Super Bowls were absolute blowouts Every year,
1: the NFC crushed the AFC. Right,
0: they just were not competitive football No, games. it was the
1: Niners, the Giants, the Redskins. Right. Well,
0: and then, then, and when the Raiders played, they would crush the NFC opponent. Right? Yeah, I mean, they killed the Vikings. Well, actually, when the Vikings were in the Super Bowl, they got killed by the AFC. You right? know, I don't remember those Super Bowls. Okay, so uh, I, it was I can a go little back before you. Yeah, time. I
1: can go back about as far as Super Bowl 13. Or 11. Right. Okay. It was Cowboys against. Um, Cowboys Broncos no, was Super Bowl 12. I think Cowboys Steelers, the great 35 to 31 was, game.
0: It was, oh, that was Super Bowl 13. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's about the
1: first one. I right.
0: Remember. So, but w- when we were younger, Super Bowls tended not to be competitive games. And actually, in the past few years, generally they've been great.
1: Oh, last year's Super Bowl, I think, was the best Super Bowl. The I've Eagles Patriots Super Bowl,
0: yeah. but the year before when the Patriots beat the Falcons in overtime. Yeah. Right. Two years before that, when the Patriots beat the Seahawks by intercepting a pass at the one-yard line. I'm seeing a trend here. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> The Giants-Patriots Super Bowls were both super competitive both and compelling games. games. Yeah. So we've actually had a lot of really good Super Bowls recently, and Sun and I was a total dud by, by comparison. I wouldn't say it was the worst of all time, only insofar as it was at least close and competitive until very late in the okay, game. Okay, fair enough. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. in terms of excitement level...
1: Nothing, no. nothing happened. No, and I sort of feel like, to be honest, I'm sort of down on the NFL for a number of reasons, and I think that those those calls at the end of both games two weeks ago, both, champion, both, conference both championship, championship games, games right. one of them obviously was just right. absolutely right. egregious. Right. that? Did you hear the, the New Orleans senator on the floor <laughs> during the shutdown <laughs> I did. wanted to yes. talk about his yes. displeasure about the call, and he kept saying the call was egregious. Agre- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, it's
0: confusing that with Grecian formula. That's right. I use the I Grecian yeah, formula
1: in yeah. my hair. Well,
0: I there fi- a lot of people felt like we should have had a Chiefs Saints Super Bowl. Yes. And that would have been a way more compelling and interesting football I game. I think certainly Patriot Saints would have been. Yes. Yeah. And I
1: kind of feel like with Goodell not addressing the issue head on, kind of hiding behind the bushes until the last the possible issue about moment. about the terrible About the terrible call. Yeah. yeah. I kind of feel like the NFL got the game that it. Deserved, you know. The NFL goes into Atlanta and it likes to play this. We are the organization of civil rights, and they get the the, the descendants of Dr. King to hold Roger Goodell's hand, and then they're in this. This city that has this rich black artistic history and they get some band named Maroon Five. I actually turned the sound down so I didn't didn't listen to it. I was I didn't watch I was reading instead, but but I saw it and it didn't look good. So the NFL doing all of those things, all of those missteps at a chance in which they actually could have reached out in some way, shape, or form. I know they will never do this, though, and kind of put out an olive branch to, to, to Colin Kaepernick, who they're still, you right. know, blackballing. still blackballing. For doing all of those things, I feel like the NFL got exactly what It, 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 it is
0: particularly ag- egregious <laughs> yeah. that the NFL would celebrate Dr. King the greatest practitioner of civil disobedience in the nation's history. Nonviolent protest. Nonviolent protest. Yeah. And they won't give a job yeah. to an obvious NFL starting quarterback. I know. And I know we... It's kind of a... Yes, we've talked about... We, I know we swore we would never we talk about Colin Kaepernick about again. Too, but it's too... I it, mean, I do want to say one more thing about just in this thread that while they're talking about King, who also was one of the most renowned anti-war advocates of all time then yeah. they're doing their flyovers and yeah you know it's like they, it just their messages don't mean anything i think that's right?
1: exactly right
0: right yeah okay so thinking back on since we agree that this this game was something of a dud neither of us is particularly happy to see the patriots win yet another super bowl no Tell me some Super Bowls that you remember particularly fondly or thought were particularly significant. Yeah,
1: or the ones that as a sport historian, you know, I sort of think of uh, as a as a turning point. So tied for first, I'm going to give you five Super Bowls and you see uh, if you can tell uh, me what, what these have in common. All right. Super Bowl 16, 19, 23, 24, and 29.
0: Uh, I think I know what they have in common. Let's hear it. Uh, the 49ers won those Correct. Super Bowls. Correct, right. So those are the five most <laughs> significant Super Bowls all right. of all time, all tied for... For first. Wait, let me just counter with 21, 25, 42, and 46. Yeah, 25 particularly hurt, because that was the year the 49ers <laughs> were supposed to win three in that, a row. Yes, that was, that, I, that was an incredible conference championship uh, game. Roger
1: Craig fumbled. I don't know who recovered it for the uh, Giants. I'm sure you do.
0: Well, Lawrence Taylor, I think, punched the ball out. And then it was it Carl Banks? Yeah, it might have been Carl Banks. Ball. And, and he yeah, had some yeah, who yeah. bro-
1: broke my heart. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I actually took that one hard. I, that might be the only Super Bowl since Super Bowl thirteen I haven't watched. I just couldn't do it. Really? I was so wow. upset. Yeah. Then wow. I had to talk with myself a couple of weeks later. I was like, <laughs> "You need to grow up, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is not that right. big of a deal." Right. That was right. like, a turning point in my life.
0: I, I, I've had my pouty sports moments that I've had to oh, talk to myself out. you're a New York to... sports fan. Yeah. Yes, other yes. Than,
1: than the Yankees, it's been right. it's been rough, right. rough going. Right. No. So when I think of the ones that are really significant, you got to agree, Super Bowl three right? No question. Um, Jets against Colts. As I know, you know, the, the first two Super Bowls weren't even called Super Bowls. They right. were just called AFL, NFL Championship Games. Um, the NFL would just, um, particularly the Packers, would walk all over the AFL team. Um, and then so it's in 69 when we first get an <laughs> AFL team who rises up to the challenge and shocks the world with Joe Namath. He absolutely guarantees a victory and he gets it. And,
0: and the Baltimore Colts, who are a uh, juggernaut team that year. Right,
1: with the but great Johnny Unitas, Jenny, although he
0: wasn't even the quarterback. Right, Earl Morrow was, but, but they, they went 13-1, the and one, and yeah. I believe that point spread is still... The biggest points spread it like of 17? all time. Yeah, in a Super Bowl, the Colts were favored. Yeah. And Joe Namath, of course, the Broadway Joe, the Jets' brash young quarterback, guaranteeing victory. And the Jets totally outplayed them from start to finish. Yeah, that, that's right. That
1: Namath didn't even have a particularly great game, no. but the iconic memory is him running off the field, wagging his yeah, "We're, we're number right. one" figure. I think everyone agrees that's the game that made the Super Bowl. That's the, right. The the Super Bowl. If you
0: don't think that isn't a dejected Baltimore right now. What are their feelings? They were anywhere from 18 to 22 point favors. They were ridiculing the Jets and the AFL. The Colts call one of the greatest teams in the history of pro football.
1: The the name itself was, it was a name that a lot of people didn't think would would stick. Um, It was Lamar Hunt, the the Chiefs owner, who sort of jokingly said in, in a press conference, we're thinking of calling this game the Super Bowl because he saw his kids playing with one of those Super Bowls. Right, right. And if you think about it, the Super Bowl is actually a really stupid
0: name. It's a stupid name. But it's just right. so
1: ingrained in our culture right. now that, that we, we, we don't even think about it. So that's the one that brought the Super Bowl into the mainstream. More people watched Joe Namath win that Super Bowl than watched Neil Armstrong walk on the moon six months, seven months later nice. in 1969. That, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So I think that's the one that, that you got to start with. Right. Well, you'll like this one, Super Bowl twenty-five. Then, yes, Bills Giants. Right. Well, so when I say Super Bowl twenty-five, Bills Giants, what do you think of?
0: Well, uh, of course, the first thing I think of is Scott Norwood, the Buffalo Bills kicker, kicking a field goal attempt as time expired, wide right, uh, allowing the Giants to preserve a twenty-to-nineteen victory. Yep,
1: good game, exciting. Uh, victory. Good game,
0: and actually, the Bills that year were a juggernaut.
1: Yeah, this is their first loss. This is their first loss. The they
0: were a dominant team that year. They yeah. were playing this offense that nobody could stop. They won the AFC Championship game that year against the Raiders 51-3. to Wow. And the Giants were this, you know, blue-collar, ball-control. Clearly
1: lucky against the Niners.
0: Defense-oriented team. Yeah. And they were, they were a significant underdog against the Bills. And, yeah. and O.J. Anderson... The Giants' running back, who was like 57 years old by then, just controlled the clock the whole game. This was the and first so of
1: four consecutive losses, or five, four consecutive losses for the Bills. Oh my God! Yeah. To be a Buffalo Bills fan in, no, in the been, 1990s. It's, that, thats brutal. It's just absolutely brutal. Yeah. Well, of course, you and know, they lost yeah, every good.
0: one of those games. Badly, this at, was the only one that's close. The yeah, then they yeah. just
1: got slaughtered. Yeah, every did. single time by, by a different team. Right. Um, yeah, you know, you know, I think of this game, um, and again, it was the game that I did not watch, but I've s- since seen seen films of it. The whole thing is happening right when the United States military is bombing
0: Baghdad. Operation Desert Storm. Desert Storm. Yeah, the first In Gulf 1991. War.
1: Nineteen ninety-one. And. The entire thing became. I think there was a writer for the New York Times who said the entire Super Bowl was a six-hour infomercial for war, and the, the the links between professional sports and particularly football and the military have always been very keen. But here is where they became solidified.
0: Uh, I was going to say once th- and for all, it, the relationship was not nearly that intimate prior to this game.
1: Yeah, and, right. And, and they changed after September 11th, but I would argue they yes. changed more in this Super Bowl when those same jets that flew over the stadium in Tampa... They were the exact same types of planes that were at that very minute dropping bombs That's right. on, That's on right. Baghdad. You remember the halftime? Uh, George W. Bush comes on. George H. W. Bush, excuse me, comes on and he addresses the nation. I think it was supposed to be the Backstreet Boys, but they got bumped for the president. <laughs> and the president called the Gulf War, quote, my Super Bowl. The links between the military-industrial complex, American imperialism, and professional sports—I don't think have ever been put on more starking display yeah. as they were that. Yeah. That yeah.
0: Year. So that so that was certainly both for its on the field competitiveness and for the reasons you just said. That's certainly a significant Super Bowl. Another one I would mention is Super Bowl twenty-two between I don't the, have your memory. The, the Washington Football Team and the Denver Broncos. Yes. Uh, a game oh, that, that Williams Doug game. Williams yep. uh, became the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. He wasn't even the starter right. at the start of that season. It was Jay Schrader right. who lost his job to Williams during that season, which was a strike season right. in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and Williams took over late in the season, and Washington made this run to the Super Bowl. And after falling behind 10 nothing early, they went absolutely crazy. I think they scored... 35 points in the second quarter.
1: Yeah, this was part of that trend we were talking about where the yeah. NFC team Every just, game just was a blowout. All, all over. Yeah,
0: yeah and that, yeah. I mean... The Bears, the Giants, the 49ers, the yeah. 49ers, one blowout after another. And in
1: retrospect, yeah. it was an important game because there just was that thought out there still, this late, among, I don't know, close-minded people in Neanderthals, that a black quarterback couldn't win at all, so it was it was symbolically necessary right. for this to to happen, and Williams did it. And as we still saw people talking about Deshaun Watson this year, you know, people were were, were talking about when he lost a game early on. These tweets going around, people who are in in in, in education, you can't trust a black quarterback. Right. You know, these right. ideas, these right. stubborn ideas still right. persist.
0: Well, so and for a little context here. The Super Bowl I just referenced is after the 1987 season, so it takes place in early 88. But earlier in 1987, this is an episode that you and I have talked about previously. Al Campanis, the Dodgers executive, had gone on Nightline in April of 1987. By all accounts, a good man.
1: A good guy. Uh, A friend of Jackie Robinson. A friend of Jackie Robinson. The guy who signed Roberto Clemente for the Dodgers organization, Uh, 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 actually. A
0: a good and decent man. Right. Went on Ted Koppel nightline in April of 1987. It's the 40th
1: anniversary of Jackie Robinson uh, desegregating. Right. And so
0: was asked, why aren't there more African Americans as managers or in the front office? And he said, well... Maybe they just don't have the faculties that yeah, you need to. Yeah. Right? So all well, of which is to say that I think for you and me in particular, when we think 1987, it doesn't feel that long ago. Right. Right. Although, of course, it, it is now a long time ago. But in our
1: thinking for black quarterbacks and black pitchers and, yes. uh, and, and black athletes in other positions, and it was a different thing. saying
0: on television, Blackstone of faculties to be general yeah. managers. yeah. Right. right. It's yeah.
1: Yeah. No. You know what? I remember what he said specifically. He said they may lack some of the necessities. The necessities. And it was right. unclear exactly what he meant. Like, did, do you mean they just don't have the experience? So Ted Koppel asked him. Yes. And then he doubled down yes. on his lunacy, and he yes. said it's the same reason why there aren't very many good black swimmers. They lack buoyancy. Yes. And then we're just, okay, here we go. Yeah, we are went, in the realm of weird science. Well, right. Sort of, they
0: were I mean, off the rails. And couple sort of said out loud where, you know, this is really. Yeah. Going. You remember what happened
1: to Al Campanis the next day? He got fired. He got fired. That was yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. that. Yeah. So the, um, you're right. Uh, it was and it wasn't all
0: that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other Super Bowls?
1: No, I just still go back to, to last year's Super Bowl. It's not mm-hmm. significant other, other than the fact that it I just was thought it was an unbelievable game. It, it a had a game. little bit of everything. It had quarterbacks catching passes, quarterbacks missing passes. No one thought the Eagles were going to beat the the Patriots. So, you know, that was a, a bonus at the end. But you must have a soft spot for the David Tyree game. I mean, if you think the, Super Bowl memories, yeah, that's, so, that's so, got to be number one. Right, so
0: you, Super Bowl right? Forty Two, which is, I think, arguably the biggest upset in NFL championship history, yeah,
1: other than the, the right Super Bowl three and the point spread, everyone right. thought, thought the Patriots were going to right.
0: That. The Patriots were sixteen and zero, and then they were, and the Giants were ten and six, right? And well, the Patriots were eighteen and zero. They were eighteen and zero, going game, right, yeah. going into the game, and they were an unstoppable juggernaut. And the Giants' defense played great the entire game, yeah, but they were trailing with just a couple of minutes to go when Eli began this insane. Final game winning touchdown drive, which included, I think, the single craziest play, maybe reception in NFL history.
1: Yeah, right? yeah, I'd probably vote for Franco Harris's Immaculate. Oh, the Immaculate, group. yeah. Reception. Yeah. But no, just the way that he pinned the ball. But a guy his, his having head. the yeah. ball
0: pinned to his helmet with one hand while Rodney Harrison with all of his weight his on as He was just beating him savagely as he went <laughs> he to the ground. And he yeah. somehow
1: held onto the ball. Last catch David Tyree ever made. That is amazing. In the NFL, That is I know. That is amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, all of those games were way better way than better. the Super Bowl.
0: I do course. want to – one more thing I want to say about Super Bowl Forty Two and the immediate aftermath of the game, the absolute euphoria – I was watching with a buddy of mine, Eric. We watched Giants games together. We're sitting there. You know, it's like the greatest moment of our lives. Probably
1: was. And it probably, <laughs> and, and, and always
0: will be. Yeah. Except for, of course, when my daughter was born. I have <laughs> oh, to yeah, say I'm that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this was Eli's fourth season in the NFL. Both of us were not pro-Eli. And he was not good that season. And in the immediate aftermath of the game, we're just delirious and after a few minutes of not saying anything, I turn to Eric and I say, you realize we're stuck with him for the next 10 years now.
1: Yeah, and you're right. <laughs> Is he a Hall of
0: Famer? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I don't, think so I, don't, I don't really understand why. However, you're when friends of mine who are pro-Eli people say to Super Bowls, there's only so much I can say in response. I guess so. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we wanted to talk a little bit about just the sport. Yeah, well, right. I I think this
1: game sort of raises um, in a very narrow way the question, is football in trouble? You know, in the sense that everyone walked away from this game with a bad taste in their mouth. Apparently no one liked the halftime show. Apparently the commercials sucked. Right. No one seems to be be happy.
0: And, of course, you know, it was by far the most watched program in America this year. That's right. This has been true every year for years. Which is why
1: I, I feel like we're going to have this conversation every year for the next 20 years is football in trouble. And everyone's right. going to say yeah. And we're supposed to say yeah for yeah. a lot of reasons. While but they
0: continue to rake in billions of dollars. And maybe
1: football's in trouble, but the NFL no, that's right. is not in trouble. I agree with I, that. I think that's
0: the short answer. Yes, yes. Yeah. Their their fifteen billion dollar television contract yeah. and their yeah
1: but we live in Chapel Hill and you know the, the high schools here are having a hard time fielding football teams. Right. Um, there's just not a lot of interest. There's discussion going around of combining the three high schools when it comes to football because yes. they just can't find it. There just aren't enough parents, I think, who are interested in having their kids play football anymore. He, and this is a trend all over white America.
0: That's right. I, I, Matt, I shared with you an article uh, a couple of days ago from the Atlantic. I think it's called "The White Flight from Football." Yeah, and it's a really interesting article about the degree to which this growing safety concern among parents is affecting white families or white families are acting on it much right. more than black families white
1: families that overall perhaps have more access to information
0: well this this is this is precisely the point of the article is that in addition to more access to information their kids have more after-school opportunities. I mean, the you know the article focuses on Colquitt County in Georgia, yeah. a very poor county with a very good high school football team. It's predominantly African American, and you know they interview one mother who says, "Look, if my boys don't play football." I'm just afraid what they're going to do after school and what's going to happen to them. So yeah. it's like we don't really have a choice in the matter.
1: No, and there's a hope that, you know, in a, in, in a country where the average white family's wealth is 10 times what the average black family's wealth is, how do you get out of this system? Well, your, your lottery ticket is right. professional sports. Right. And so I think people are willing to roll the dice.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so the so the author of the article, you know, talks to a bunch of black parents, who are whose sons are playing football, and sort of you know rehearses for them some of the sa- safety risks, concussion, CTE, yeah. et cetera, and they're like, yeah, you know, we, we know, but you know, these things happen, and you know, sometimes you just have to live with uncertainty and. And, yeah. You know, and, and again, I think there's a, the author describes a fatalism right. that I think is consistent with their social circumstances.
1: Well, I think what's going to happen, and I'm not saying that I'm a victim here in any way, shape, or form, but what's going to happen is that the, the sport that I actually, over the years, have enjoyed watching, I have become increasingly uneasy with the racial dynamics of college and professional football where the fans and the management are overwhelmingly white the labor the bodies that are destroying themselves to an extent are going to become proportionally speaking more black more black over yes. time this is going to become even more obvious it makes me think of boxing you know you think yep. of boxing at the turn yep. of the 20th century who were yep. the boxers you yep. know it was the jewish kids in the ghetto right. and then the italian and the irish kids in the ghetto the black kids in the ghetto, and who are the boxers now? It's Latinos. You know, the 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 correlation between poverty and professional sports is is, is
0: troubling, and we're seeing yeah. More so more so one one data point from the Atlantic article is that in 1985, about half the NFL was black, and now it's 70 percent among Division One football players. About a third of Division One football players were black in the year 2000. And by 2017, it was 50%. Wow, it's so, and again, remember African Americans make up something like. 14%, 15% 14%, 15% of the population. Yeah, so it's a yeah, disproportionate... It, it, I don't begrudge
1: anyone an opportunity, but I think that this is a sign of some serious structural... Obviously, it's a sign yeah. of serious structural problems. Well,
0: I could, Well, particularly because, you know, somebody is making a lot of money off well, of this enterprise at the collegiate and the pro level. This right. is what
1: drove me nuts about the, the, the Super Bowl. All right, I'm going to get all Al Sharpton on you. Um, <laughs> watching that game where the commissioner is white, and the team owners are white, and the head coaches are white, and the stars are white, the quarterbacks, and then the announcers are white, and then the halftime show in Atlanta, I think those guys are white, Maroon 5 are white, and then the one black guy who comes out, they have him coming out in a Cadillac.
0: Was a big boy?
1: Yeah, it just drove Uh me, the, the sort of racial messages were just driving me nuts. And I guess it's always been there, but this time in particular, happening in a black American city, I found it problematic. It's it's it,
0: it's hard not to notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. That's um, my rant. I did want to, I wanted to read a quote, actually. This is from President Trump. Oh, good. Who, you know, a couple of years ago had declared war on football. Yes. And, uh, because of Colin Kaepernick and well, the, uh, and, and the uh, anthem protest. Or the
1: secret reason, because he was never allowed to
0: buy an NFL or, team. Because <laughs> those guys had a little sense and kept that, him out of the business. That, that's right. Yeah. After he destroyed one football league, yeah, the right. USFL, he sure did. they decided not to let him destroy their football league. Yeah. And he did destroy the USFL. mean, he did I destroy, mean, destroy the USFL, yes. Um, so on Sunday, he was interviewed by CBS before the Super Bowl, and he was asked, would you let your kid play? And actually, Trump was, here, here, here's what he said, he said he, about his son, Barron, who's now 13. He's liking soccer, and a lot of people, including me, thought soccer would probably never make it in this country, but it really is moving forward rapidly. I just don't like the reports that I see coming out having to do with football. I mean, it's a dangerous sport, and I think it's really tough. I thought the equipment would get better, and it has. The helmets have gotten better, but it hasn't solved the problem. So, you know, I hate to say it because I love to watch football. It's a great product. But I really think as far as my son, well, I've heard NFL players saying they wouldn't let their sons play football. So it's not totally unique. And I would have a hard time with it. So there's a couple of things that I think are interesting here. Obama said the same thing. Obama said the same thing. So one thing is that Trump is actually, I guess this is really more of an aside, but he's actually sounding normal here, (laughs) right? And and this is notable? (laughs) I would argue. (laughs) Okay, But but more notably... Uh is it really does tell me the degree to which all of his bombast and idiocy, et cetera, it's just so performative. It's just a
1: show, yeah. It's just a show, right?
0: About the NFL, you mean. Exactly. I I, I think probably about a lot of things, but about the NFL in particular, because just two years ago... For one of his crowds, he was decrying how soft the NFL had become—that you can't even touch a a guy anymore without getting a penalty—and now here he is in a more sober moment, thinking about his own son and saying, "Actually, this is troubling to me."
1: Yeah. So, so the president finds football to be. Troubling, and yet right. NFL ratings just kind of keep going up. They, right. Uh, the more and more people find football to be troubling, the NFL just keeps making money. Yeah. We get all this information about concussions and CTE, the NFL keeps making money. The only thing that keeps the NFL from making money is when a black dude takes a knee it's, during the national
0: anthem. It, it is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's what people can't stand.
0: For. Yeah, I want to make one more comment about all of this race and safety in the NFL, and this is again my little sort of bear, but. As the NFL becomes more black, Matt, what are the two most obviously white positions in the NFL? Well, quarterback. Quarterback and and kickers. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. No question. Okay. What are the two positions that the rules have done the most to protect (laughs) safety-wise?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Quarterbacks and kickers. You know, I wonder if there's a silver lining with regards to gender and that we'll finally get, because of the rules that protect yeah. kickers, yeah. we'll actually get a female NFL that, player who, would, who, who, if we get one, she will obviously be a be a kicker. Right. Um, that would be interesting. Yeah, don't yeah. hold your breath. <laughs> I mean, not because they can't do it, but because the team will say, she'll be a distraction in the locker room. Right. Just like, right. yeah, I won't say his name again. Yeah. Okay, so. Right, so you wanted to revisit something from last time? Just,
0: just a quick comment uh, in our after- for the review segment. Yes. And our producers will be very happy that we're hewing carefully to the segment structure of the we show. we got Olivia
1: running the show. You don't mess with Olivia, <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> she,
0: she's glaring at us right yeah. now. Um, so we talked about Byron Rivera and reasons why he got 100% of the vote for the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And my buddy Danny came up with another reason. Oh, okay. Which I thought was interesting that I hadn't thought of. He, he, he said, you know, these days... People's votes leak out. Yeah. And and do you want to be the guy who didn't vote for Rivera— and all the crap you're going to talk on, on social media. Well, his point was about because the answer is yes. You would want to be yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right.
1: Anything for publicity. Right. But anyway,
0: he, th- I thought that was an interesting yeah, maybe additional that's, calculation. That's yeah, for, right. I
1: guess you you would be skewered by baseball fans right. and Yankee fans, and, and you'd may- be persona non grata in the, the state of New York uh, for the rest of your life. And
0: maybe it's not worth it.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he of course he should again.
0: He of course right, he should right, get 100 percent right, of right, the vote.
1: Right. All right, Matt. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun.
0: way Way, more fun than the super bowl way more fun than the super bowl we will have another episode soon of agony of defeat you say so uh i definitely say so and remember that if you like us you can share and subscribe on soundcloud and itunes uh we want to thank keaton and olivia as always for their they're the only reason we were doing the show. We would um, not
1: know how to turn on the microphone. I mean, we um, might
0: be babbling, you know, I don't know. This is what
1: we did Saturday night too, but right, exactly. Yeah.
0: But but you wouldn't have the you wouldn't be able to share in share in our wisdom. It's a beautiful so gift they're bringing beautiful to you. Gift. Yeah. Uh, thanks Olivia and Keaton again as always, and we will see you next time.